This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. We see journalists attacked verbally. We see them attacked online. And in some circumstances, we've seen journalists harmed, even murdered. It is a tougher slog now than ever before to be reporting and to be reporting what you believe to be the truth by putting uh, stories through your investigative process, by putting your name in the byline of a story and releasing it, essentially saying to your audience, I have vetted these details so you can, in good faith and confidence, believe them to be accurate. And a situation like this, unfortunately, hurts the credibility of not just the CBC, but of the craft. And that includes us. And so I can guarantee you that talk hosts, and reporters, and anchors, and assignment editors, and managing directors, and everybody else has a bit of a pit in their stomach seeing this happen. This is a win for Danielle Smith. That are real from yesterday. If you follow Real Talk RJ on Instagram, on TikTok, you already know that. My commentary from Thursday's show after the CBC retracted details of its reporting back in January, asserting that Danielle Smith or members of her team had reached out to Crown prosecutors attempting to interfere or influence proceedings relating to the Coots border blockade, those charges that had been laid. And, of course, the premier the entire time publicly said that never happened. But, but here's the rub. She had told others that she had. In a way, her conversation, that videotaped 11-minute phone call with Arthur Pavlovsky down in Calgary. If you, if you watch this show, if you listen to this show regularly, you're well familiar with that. She essentially spelled it out. She told Ezra Levant essentially the same thing. But yesterday, it was all good for Danielle Smith and, well, egg on the face for the CBC. Now, we wondered when the premier said that she wanted the CBC to apologize as well, whether or not they would. I said on Thursday's show they probably wouldn't, but you never know. Well, we do have a response from Alberta's justice critic. That's Irfan Sabir, who... Uh, by way of a public release, said Daniel Smith herself caught on tape admitting to being in contact with Crown prosecutors, putting pressure on them to drop the charges against Arthur Pavlovsky, a known extremist who was later convicted of inciting violence against police during the illegal Coots border blockade. On May 17th, the Ethics Commissioner found that Daniel Smith contravened Section 3 of the Conflict of Interest Act in her interaction with then-Attorney General Tyler Shandro in relation to this matter. The Commissioner deemed Smith a threat to democracy. Says Sabir, I'm not issuing an apology. I am reissuing my demand over the past several months for a fully independent investigation into all matters of UCP political interference in our justice system. Add that to the list of things that isn't going to happen. Uh, back to Irfan's release. He says, we've also written the RCMP requesting they investigate these serious matters and received a response stating they'll examine what we've put forward along with all other information and take appropriate action. Uh, Jespo here. Maybe they'll get to that once they wrap up the investigation into, well, the scandal involving Jason Kenney and the leadership race back in, what was that, six years ago now? All right, back to Mr. Sabir. Trust in our justice system has been eroded 
And this premier is to blame. If she has nothing to hide, she will agree to an independent investigation today. So says the release from the Alberta NDP. Now, of course, Alberta's premier yesterday said in a tweet that has like 10,000 likes and has been seen a million and a half times. You can check out the analytics for yourself. She considers the matter closed, which is politically convenient and probably from a strategy standpoint, the right move. So where are we left in all of this? We're going to ask our leadoff guests in just a second. They're the stars of Steel and Vance on check. Linda Steele, Jody Vance joining us on this Friday roundtable. Plus, coming up in about 25 minutes, Edify publisher Trudy Callahan. They do an amazing job with their magazine, but she's just put out a publisher's note, which is rare in that magazine. Typically, Trudy's team does the writing. She's the one behind the scenes making the magic happen, making the business happen, keeping that magazine afloat. Well, she's essentially issued an SOS, uh, says her publisher's note, we need you. Trudy's going to join me here in studio coming up in just a moment. We're glad to have you joining us on this episode of Real Talk. Now, it's, of course, summer off to a great start right now. For the majority of you, I would imagine it's been a bit of a shift in your schedule, right? So kids are wrapping up the school year. Things may be winding down at work. And, and a lot of us have vacation on the brain. But you, you're thinking bigger than that. You know that summer is the best time to take that real estate course you've been thinking about and start a career you actually love. Leave cubicle life behind for good with Rello. Rello's online real estate courses are fully accredited to help you get your real estate license in Alberta. Get licensed to sell residential real estate, commercial, or both with Rello's convenient self-paced courses. You can get started today by visiting rello.ca. That's R-E-L-O dot C-A. Linda Steele and Jody Vance, uh, household names for, uh, of course, folks across Canada, both of them uh, legendary broadcasters that have honed their craft on television and radio in print as well. And they've just wrapped up their first season of the new hit show Steel and Vance, which airs on Czech in British Columbia. They're one of our favorite duos for the Real Talk Roundtable. And we always like to mention as they join us, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 7.45 Pacific time. We so appreciate them waking up early with their big-ass mugs of coffee, Jody Vance. Very now, both of you, look at that. Those things are the size of your heads. How are you doing? I know, right? Good morning. How are you? Oh, not too hey, bad. We do have a brick background now. Is that an homage to our show? Yeah, it maybe. Sort of feels like we're doing Steel and Vance here. That's maybe a little bit. Like yeah, here. Johnny and I are always we're always sort of like ruminating on what the next step might be for this brick wall. We're we're envisioning like neon or maybe a mural or something well, that's like a good that. Idea. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hey, for the both of you, I've been looking forward to, to asking you about this uh, ever since we saw the CBC. Um, now, now people are even taking issue with the wording on this and how the story is being covered which is fair enough. Let's hit this from a million angles. Um, The CBC doesn't necessarily retract its story from back in January about Smith's office contacting Crown prosecutors, but they did remove details and use the word regret. Linda, they said they (laughs) regret reporting that the office contacted prosecutors. What do you make of this story and the CBC walking back details? I regret the fact that it happened because we're in an era where everybody is hyper-polarized People don't trust the media anymore, don't believe the media. Everybody's being tribal, and this doesn't help. 
as you know, I mean, every newsroom has a really robust sort of protocol when it comes to, you know, un, uh, sources that you're not naming and something as big as this that could potentially do a lot of damage to Daniel Smith's government. That you have to walk a very fine line, and there are many multiple layers of checks and balances. And so, I don't really know what happened here. I think what happened is, as you mentioned earlier, where there's smoke, there often is fire, uh, and maybe the CBC. I don't know. Clearly, they didn't check all the boxes, uh, and I think that we're all going to end up paying for that and yet again a little bit more of an erosion of trust in the media yeah jody this is pure speculation but no take it away well i was just gonna say i agree wholeheartedly with linda that this is incredibly unfortunate and damaging to the trust piece uh there's already a distrust in air quotes high air quotes if you're just tuning in and listening as opposed to watching the media um, however, there's always been retractions and, and errors made in, in reporting. It's an imperfect process. However, we look to our major news outlets to do their fact checking, to to source things, as Linda mentioned, you know, and, and in your intro where you were talking about Daniel Smith having been having been uh, recorded, having this conversation with Ezra Levant and, and actually kind of saying in almost as many words that that is what she did, because that stokes a base adding to the tribalism. Um, so the report of that and, and fact checking through multiple sources, perhaps she had said it to multiple people. And that's what the CBC went with. The retraction is very important. I think the the using it strategically, politically also stokes distrust of politicians, because if you're going to say one thing that you didn't do, claim you didn't do it, but but use it as a tool to wedge and and, and stoke fires, this whole thing uh, frustrates me as a Canadian citizen because I think there are so many other things we could be focusing on that are incredibly important. And again, that leads to maybe a tune out for those who just don't believe most anything that we're hearing these days. And that is very sad because what all three of us are committed to is is ensuring that people are informed. Being informed and educated is what is the foundation of democracy. Yeah, you know, I, I even posted about this yesterday on my Twitter and, and, and just sort, sort of like a portion, a highlight clip of of my rant, you might call it, of, of what I opened the show with yesterday. And and sure enough, I mean, there there were those comments and, and folks on kind of both sides of this. A lot of people were, you know, like, let me say, for example, Andrew chimes in and says, yeah, the premier would be totally home free, except for that rather inconvenient 11 minute video. Right. The conversation <laughs> with Archie right? Pavlovsky, for sure. But yeah. here we go. Like, you know, and you, 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 you expect that the con- that these comments would come. But but but, you know, I mean, welcome to Alberta, Bama says, I hope at least two reporters and an editor were fired for not verifying their sources. You know, somebody else says, you know, Dean says journalists are a dying breed. You know, citizens are subject to community notes. Start being real. Report the news, not trying to be a partisan hack. I I mean, I don't even know if that fits this narrative, but whatever. Mark out West says Jesperson. I described it as a gut punch to journalists. He says it's not a gut punch to journalists. The story was a, a gut punch to voters. He says this is what election interference looked like, and it's made significantly worse when the interference comes from a public broadcaster. Jordan says, you know, the CBC is a joke, as is most media. I think there should be a reckoning for how many tax dollars go toward the CBC. I mean, there you go. The defund the CBC narrative, you know, certain politicians have made a lot of hay with that. And you know that a scenario like this, I mean, if you work at the CBC, you're just going, Oh, man, like this is the last thing that the outlet needs right now. And to be quite honest, 
with regards to the sources, have either of you ever been in a position or a situation where somebody's provided you with information, but then when the rubber hit the road, when it became real, when it was mentioned in a broadcast, or when it started to catch fire, the source kind of walked back their involvement and realized maybe, Linda, that they wanted nothing to do with it anymore? Um, I don't know if that specific thing has happened to me, but I just want to tell anybody who's watching or listening right now that journalists don't play loose with the facts, even if that's what you think happens. Uh, in my career, I've made some mistakes and I have beaten myself up over them. If I spelled someone's name wrong on air, oh my God, I would just, that would keep coming back into my mind. We want to be fair. We want to be accurate. And one of the things that I think we should bring up, and I don't know if that uh, is at play here, is the fact that we have seen so much change in newsrooms with uh, people being laid off and resources being, you know, shunted to other areas and profits to shareholders and what have you, that there are very few veteran journalists left. There's very little room to do investigative journalism at all. It's like everybody's making green widgets in the news departments across Canada right now because they don't have the luxury of having a full staff and more veterans and more oversight. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing almost every day typos in news articles. That never used to happen. That's because there aren't as many people tending the fire. And I don't know if that played a role in this, but it is a problem in 2023 yeah uh hey jody before we go any further by the way we gotta say this you're, you're coming at us from a bit of a new studio setup hey and, and and we're getting comments here is that a gord downy throw cushion that you have behind you is that what we're looking it's, at it's actually a bag that my friend made what it tells it about is gord it. downy because i'm a huge hip fan so yeah. my girlfriend lisa butler created this for me and i just tossed it over the chair and then when i was setting up this morning i'm like actually i'm gonna leave that there are those bags for sale you want to plug her business or is that just a one-off that she gifted it was you? just a gift she was learning how to silk screen and oh, and she cool. just moved here from toronto uh, to bc and she's like look what i made for you Love it should it. be a business though isn't that nice yeah it sure yeah. is i should have i should have congratulated the two of you out of the gates we kind of hit you know hit the ground running smoke coming off the tires but season <laughs> one of steel and vance uh, wrapped up on check congratulations it's it's uh yeah. It's uh, I mean, obviously, for both of you veteran television broadcasters, so nothing new there. But the, the, the ownership structure of the station where the employees own the station and the, the way that it's produced, it's a weekly show. Both of you in studio bringing in British Columbia and Canada's A-list guests. Uh, Jody, the experience through season one. Tell us about it. Well, f first, let's reference what you said about check. For those who watch and listen to you who were complaining about uh, big corporate media and being upset about it, check is North America's only employee-owned media outlet. And Linda and I uh, created this show, Steel and Vance. It, it was just an idea over dinner one night that was going to become a podcast uh, following along in your footsteps here that then became a television show whereby we own the program and we lease it to check. So Linda and I, through this last year, have put together everything from the brick wall behind us uh, that was a jumping off point of seeing Linda on a Zoom call in her living room and loving her background so much. Uh, we chose the music. We chose the set. We We've figured out the rundown. We've done the graphics with our team at Check. Dave Lackmanic, our creative director, uh, uh, graphic artist, and our the creative team have been unbelievable. Derek Wong and Nina Savage, the two people that really are behind the scenes with us. It is a small yet mighty crew. And yes, with Linda and my uh, contacts, and as you say, veteran, you know, our heritage of having been around the block a few times. 
every time we called someone, they said yes, and they showed up and the content is really resonating with our audience. And we're absolutely honored by it. it for the first few months, Linda, you and I were both looking at each other going, we're so surprised that it's taken off like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we stopped saying surprised and we started saying excited. Yes. Yeah, there you go. You had I, I saw you had like you had former uh, Premier Horgan on there, didn't you? You had Trevor Linden on there. I think you had a, you had a whole bunch. Um, I, I This is the question everybody hates. But did, did you have kind of one guest that really hit it out of the park? Nobody wants to go on the record and say it because they make everybody else feel bad. But Linda, was there one that really resonated with you? People can go back and watch the full episodes at checknews.ca. Well, I mean, there were several, but Jan Arden was our first oh, guest yeah. as she was also on our last show with a cameo. She is amazing. She's so hilarious and so intelligent and she's got opinions. And so she was a perfect first guest. But I was personally also really impressed with Trevor Linden. I'm a hockey fan, an Oilers fan, but I'd always wanted to talk to Trevor Linden and I'd only had him on my radio show once. I'd never actually met him in person, face to face. And he is so impressive. I mean, first of all, he's in stunningly handsome uh, but he's also smart and he's thoughtful nice. and he's a good dad and he was it was really really interesting and I said to him on air like women around Canada are falling in love with you right now because the things he was saying was just so you know, down to earth. He's, he's a really interesting person. I was impressed. It's always cool when our celebrities, the sports stars, the singers, the songwriters uh, translate into decent people or, or wind yeah. up being, you know, wonderful people off stage or off the ice. Right. Um, I know a lot of yeah. people, you know, a lot of your show, you, you do the lifestyle stuff and you guys push people's buttons and get people thinking about the hot topics. But of course you also pay attention to the news of the day. Jody yesterday, interesting to see uh, an, an Alberta minister, Devin Dreeshen, uh, called, Calling on the feds for back to work legislation to, to try to get, you know, Vancouver's ports, BC's ports going again. Obviously, there's implications for for the economy across the country. And then you had labor groups ripping on the minister, saying that the oh, Alberta man. cabinet ministers have no role calling for, you know, influence in, in these proceedings here. It's been about a week right now. What's going on on this port strike? Well, $800 million a day moves through the ports in British Columbia. So this strike is a huge hit. Uh, we're at, I think today would put us at the $5 billion mark. Uh, the The port workers are moving the cruise ships. They're not picketing outside of, of the cruise ship terminal, which is a plus, I guess. But uh, certainly the, the, the nastiness that's playing out between the two sides right now, not at the bargaining table, definitely a standoff, huge demands on the table as well. Some pieces of that have been leaked to some reporters that has pissed off the, the workers uh, that the employer is is putting out these sort of cherry pick numbers, they say, and and just the work stoppage in general being something that is a tool for workers to use to to force the hand of the employer and automation is at play here. Of course, the modernization of ports we see, we've seen uh, down the coast in Los Angeles where hundreds have been laid off. It's, it's a big deal, but as far as federal legislation goes, the, the, the call out from across Canada and, and sort of the, the, the feeling that that has lent to this standoff is interesting because it depends on who you ask whether or not, uh, it is appropriate this soon into a labor dispute for the federal government to even consider back to work legislation. They were talking about it two days before the strike even happened. Mm. Um, so that becomes a tenuous 
tenuous point. I, I had a conversation with um, the Canadian Freight Management Association the other day. And, and what I found interesting, and I hadn't thought of this, Ryan uh, and Linda, is the fact that our reputation as the largest port in North America, we move a lot of goods here. Um, and when we've had atmospheric rivers that shut down our highway systems, we've had, as you mentioned, the blockades at, at you know, with protests at our borders. Uh, also now with this strike, there is a diversion of freight, like p- the, the people that need to move goods looked at what was starting to brew in BC ports and said, you know what, we're going to go Seattle Tacoma. And will the global community start to say, you know what, we can't rely on Canada mm. as a path to North America. So we're going to go elsewhere. So our our global reputation as a destination for goods uh, could be damaged by this, which is an argument for federal legislation back to work. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's a ton going on here. I, it's interesting you bring up the other border blockades. You remember like the the bridge, you know, Windsor to Detroit when that was blocked, uh, you know, during the whole Ottawa occupation and, and the numbers you would hear for that matter, Coots as well from Alberta down to the States, yeah. right by Lethbridge. Uh, people talking about the hundreds of millions of dollars in, in commerce or trade that's that's interrupted, the economic activity that that's interrupted. Isn't it interesting? to see Alberta's government pretty keen to see the feds intervene and bust up this strike on the on the west coast at the ports but Alberta's government wanted absolutely nothing to do with the Coots border blockade you remember that remember the mm-hmm. wishy-washiness of mm-hmm. of the Kenny uh, government the the premier Kenny is suggesting that well it's a border crossing so it's a federal jurisdiction and we have absolutely nothing to do with this no way they wanted to get involved with that i wonder if it's because the protest had something to do with maybe a political value that they also held dear. I wonder if politicians lack good faith in what battles they pick, Linda. I don't know. Oh, my God. I mean, this is the last thing the Trudeau government wants right now. They have so many fires that they are trying to put out. It's like whack-a-mole. They do not want to be put in a position where they're going to force them back to work. I saw the minister responsible, Seamus O'Regan, on CBC the other day, and he was like, we are not even thinking about it. That is not on the table. The best deal is the one made at the table, and that may be true, but who knows how long this is going to go on. I think the Trudeau government is going, oh, please, 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 you, can you guys figure this out so we don't have to play the bad guy, Bigfoot, come in yeah. and force you uh, back to work. And the Trudeau government's not having a very good summer. No, well, th- th- that's a tough look for any government too, though, right? I mean, you, you you sort of, you need to keep the economy going. You need to keep things yeah. moving. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to intervene. And then there's a lot of reasons to not intervene, like like collective bargaining rights or, you know, workers' ability to, to bargain for themselves. I, I had a, a friend make a very interesting point the other day. And, it, and to be honest, it's something that was flying under my radar. And he said, pay attention to the language that are used in, la- that, that's used in labor negotiations. He said, when it's on the employer's side it's always an offer or a bargaining position and he said when it's on the employee side they always use the word demand Demand. and and, and he (laughs) said it's it's oftentimes he said it's the employer that's making the demands and he said it's the employees or the unions that are coming with the bargaining positions but language is supercharged when politicians get involved that's supercharged it is a big mess what are the other problems you think i'm just i mean maybe it's an obvious answer maybe not tough summer for the federal liberals what else 
Well, I mean, oh. Sam Cooper's Sam Cooper's uh, exclusive oh, at the bureau. I'm going to be talking to Sam in about an hour. The the exclusive that he just broke that the federal government were warned in 2015 about covert Chinese police operations across the globe and in Canada, and that it would require a quote unquote all government uh, effort to address this. Let's go back to when Sam says our federal government was informed of that 2015 it is 2023 this is another massive fire that is uh about to uh, blow up big time on top of can we say wildfires and the you know having smoke from wildfires in eastern canada really choking out the northeast of the united states uh, causing all kinds of chaos with air travel and whatnot and and how are you going to fix this you know canadian government uh there's a lot that is uh, filing through the prime minister's office right now. Yeah, to say the very least. Linda, what's jumping out at you problem-wise for the prime minister? Uh, Well, I mean, there is so much going on because they've got this new carbon tax uh, with the clean fuel um, um, restrictions that the government is bringing in that have all the maritime provinces going, hello, we're seeing our gas going up. Here in BC, it's not so much of an issue because we've already been doing some of these uh, clean gas initiatives, which has pumped up the price of gas here in BC. In BC, you're used to to not being able to afford anything. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I think they're going to be under a lot of pressure as different jurisdictions start to feel the pinch. And I I don't know what they do. I mean, the cost of living is now such a giant issue that it has in some people's minds overtaken climate change and even healthcare. People are talking about their pocketbook. They can't afford to pay. Well, and we've probably got another Bank of Canada rate hike next week. So people are going underwater right now. Yeah. And the government, yeah. it can't go in and save everybody. But oh, the other thing that really ticks me off is this CRA thing. Hundreds yes. of employees at the CRA have been caught taking CERB while they were working. Like, what the, what the, yeah, I'm not even like going to swear on that one. What the hell is wrong, is with, wrong people? with people? Oh, my God. Johnny put that, that story on our radar curious. earlier this week. I could, I was saying to him, I, I just can't even believe. I mean, I understand that there are people that were double dipping and doing all kinds of things. I think everybody probably in their own sphere, in their own friend group or their circle knows at least one person that was pulling some shenanigans. Right. Yeah, with available sure. funds during COVID, I can think of names off the top of my head that I won't say out loud. But <laughs> right. to work at the CRA and to try to get away with it, you're uh, literally and be calling us to give us a grief over you know whatever one expense. <laughs> yeah, on I blah, was just going to say that while back at work, they're literally sitting there sending out alerts saying, "Hey, we're giving you this money, but you're going to have to pay it back." While yeah. they're putting money into their pockets, <laughs> yeah. right? I don't know. I it's, mean... That story's wild. It is. And I saw there's something like 60,000 people who work for the CRA. Like, what? How come you can't patch the tax cheats then? They always seem to be going after the little guy. To Jody's point, oh, there's one receipt that doesn't make sense. I went through hoops just trying to prove uh, my subscriptions, my magazine and newspaper subscriptions to the government last year. I finally said, okay, I give up. I don't care. 
I have them. You're making me mental. It's not Whatever. worth my time. Yeah. Is that the, yeah. that's the digital news tax credit, right? Yeah. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to, that, that's a great incentive. That's we're, we're going to be talking to Trudy Callahan. I'm not sure if either of you know her, Linda, you would know Trudy's the publisher so, of, yeah. of, of Edify, <laughs> uh, formerly known as Avenue magazine. I mean, she's been a formidable force in publishing in Alberta uh, for many years. And, and, and we're going to get into her publisher's note in the most recent issue. It, it, it's, it, it's not great. Um, she says, I mean, let me read this and I'll get into it with her later, but she says, um, I, I prefer to be transparent and direct. She says, Edify magazines like us can't survive without big changes to their business models. She says, I could hide what's going on, but I don't want this magazine to disappear and then hear you say, why didn't you tell us? She says, so I'm telling you now. The mm-hmm. survival of, uh, and I mean, th- people are going to say, you know, the haters are going to roll their eyes at this type of conversation. Oh, three privileged broadcasters getting together <laughs> to lament the state of their industry, you know, that sort of a thing. But I mean, journalism's in real trouble right now like real trouble uh yesterday we talked to a fellow by the name of chris gloninger he's a a, a meteorologist down in iowa in des moines uh, today's his last broadcast he's walking away diagnosed with ptsd death threats for reporting on climate change he's taking his career in a completely oh different God. direction i mean there's a million examples and this isn't sort of like us getting out our violins and playing sad and sorry songs for ourselves but no. I, I just think like, i got a threat yesterday what uh Yeah, I got a threat yesterday. I was I was told through the powers that be I'm filling in on radio and I had uh, Professor Simon Donner, a climate professor at UBC, has spent decades, decades studying climate, not climate change. He's studying climate. And I had him on to talk about just the like, what does El Nino mean? What does La Nina mean? And what does it mean? Now versus when we first started hearing about it, you know, in our regular everyday vernacular of talking about weather and and he gave just a very straight up explanation. And when he spoke, when he referenced climate change and the changes that scientists are seeing in our climate, uh, just very simply explained it and and said this is natural and normal and and an occurrence that we expect and that we've watched for for decades and decades and here's why it's changing because the temperatures are rising the world is is warmer and we can track that and so El Nino on top so I'm layman's terms like how he he was explaining it and people were throwing around like unbelievable rhetoric at me. Some of the emails that I received personally, but a couple of them went to the viewer line and one went so far that I wouldn't even reference the wording they used. Let's just say there were World War II references in it. And it's like, Jeez. are you <laughs> serious? Like he's a professor at UBC who studies climate. And that is sparking. Like we've come to a place where uh, the plot has been lost. When it comes well, to and I was going to say, all three of us have done talk radio. And I know in Edmonton, you guys didn't open the phone lines as much as we did in BC or do in BC. But you would just brace yourself. If you were doing anything that had anything to do with climate change, you could have Professor Michael Mann, one of the most preeminent climate scientists in the world. You could have him on the show and people would be just losing it. I had a Holocaust survivor on my show for a half hour. It was like, so just my getting, you know, goosebumps just thinking about the stories he was telling me and i was getting emails and phone calls later from people said it's not true the holocaust didn't happen and i'm like what is going on with people who've gone down their tarry little rabbit holes and believe the kind of crap and now you have meta and google talking about removing links to canadian stories it's like 
oh my God, now we have even fewer legitimate sources for someone to potentially read and maybe glean a little bit of knowledge from. They're going to go down their favored rabbit hole of disinformation. It's like, it's not a good time right now. Yeah, And that's not, that's not trying to protect the media. That's trying to protect democracy. It's calling a spade a spade, calling it how it is. Uh, By the way, shameless plug, if people want to hear Dr. Michael Mann on Real Talk, they can check out our episode from March 18th of 2021. It still holds. Uh, The guy's absolutely brilliant, and it was a great conversation. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find that. I want to talk to you, and we'll wrap in just a second. Jody, I know you're on the radio again in in just a little bit, Mm -hmm. so we got to let you go, but uh, I want to talk to you about Zuckerberg and Elon Musk in a second, but I want to circle back to something. Linda, you dropped this little little seed and i'd be a fool if i walked past it and didn't touch on it the increase to the carbon tax so we're out camping this weekend and 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 we're with some friends they've got their trailers out everybody's got their their side-by-sides and their quads and their jeeps and everybody's having fun and recreating and there's jerry cans everywhere and big gas tanks and it's costing everybody a fortune to be out there groceries are more expensive than ever before and a buddy of mine who's really not a complainer uh, but we're standing around the fire where you know all good problems are solved and and he's and he goes (laughs) i don't know he's kind of apolitical like uh, he's he's not you know he's a He's a sort of a, a smart guy, but he's he's not too jammed up on politics. But he goes, he goes, you know, if, if I was the prime minister, he says, if I was the federal government, I think I'd pump the brakes on increasing the carbon tax right now. He said, just with the cost of living and inflation and everything that's going on, you know, the government's putting out this this federal uh, incentive, this grocery incentive for families to help them, the one time payment to help them with costs and all this. And, and we we debated it casually. Um, and I can kind of understand both. I, I mean, I mean, you know, it might send a message to Canadians in a good way. The federal government has your bottom line on the radar. We understand costs are up. We're going to pause the carbon tax increase. But I also think that the people that are pretty keen on seeing federal governments around the world take more meaningful action on climate change and, and, and pursue these net zero goals by 2030, 2040, 2050, uh, there's really no time to pause and pump the brakes. Even if you look at your personal finances, it's never a good time to have cost increases. Oh, what would you do, Linda, if you were calling the shots? Pause the increase or mo- move ahead with it? Oh, it's tricky. But honestly, I would pause the increase. I would pause it not for a really long period of time, but I would pause it for, say, two years. And hopefully we start to see inflation coming down more than it has right now. I mean, the Bank of Canada, I'm still mad at them and the Trudeau government because they were like, spend, 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 spend money. And they go, Ooh, now we're in a major problem and we're going to what is it? Eight, nine bank rate hikes in a row to the point where people. Yeah, we all got used to the idea of interest rates. They're never going to go up. And so you've got massive mortgages and what have you. I just think that there are people right now, people we even know who have full-time jobs and families, little kids going, I can't cut. There's nowhere left to cut. I My groceries have gone up 35%. My gas. There's a lot of people who live in areas not well served by transit. So you can't say you'll just get on your bicycle and ride 150K with your tools on the back of your bike. I just feel like right now we're in a real crunch time that government and the Bank of Canada has sort of contributed with the pandemic to put us in. And I would like release the pressure just a little bit for a short period of time to let people catch a breath. Jody, what would your call be? 
I'm with Linda on that. I'm not sure if I would go as far as a couple of years, but sort of a, a short term relief, like maybe get us through this next fall and winter season where fuel consumption is significant. I mean, certainly the summer, the jerry cans and the side by sides and the and the four wheelers. I want to come hang out with you and your friends, by the way. Oh, I would um, love that. I, I, I love to camp. And then uh you know, going into fall and winter and just the the cost of, of heating your home and the cost of groceries, because every time the cost of, of fuel goes up, the cost of transporting goods goes up and that everything falls to the consumer. And we know that. And to Linda's point and, and to your point about hitting targets and how we do have to deliver on the agreements that we make across uh, the world with other leaders uh, also putting putting the uh, carbon tax in place in order to try and curb what we are witnessing here. I don't want to go deep into the climate conversation or I'm going to get the mail again. Um, but I would I would definitely if I had the conch, I would do a pause and just say, you know, let's try and get a couple of these other levers yeah. uh, pulled and under control because here in BC, I, it is unbelievable what's been happening with housing. And oh. as Linda referenced, like the mortgages that people have been carrying, they had been competitive in a market that was so inflated that continues to be inflated. Like the cost of a, of a one bedroom apartment to rent right now in Metro Vancouver in and in, in the city of Vancouver in particular is between twenty seven hundred and thirty three hundred dollars a month. Yeah. For a one bedroom apartment. I mean that's a mortgage five years ago. That's a big mortgage yeah. in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a, a a significant mortgage in Alberta, like thirty three hundred a month off the top of my head. That that's like it's mortgages like in the seven hundred thousand range, isn't it? Like three quarters of a yeah. million, which I know is like doesn't get you anything in BC. I'm I'm almost I'm almost it's almost like a cliche and tired conversation. I won't even pursue it with you two. Just to to make the obvious observation that I don't know how anybody does it out there because it's not like yeah. you, you don't look and you say the average price of a single detached home in Vancouver is whatever it is I mean one you're gonna live 1. in 1.8 to be 1.85 million but for Joe, the, like, the you average know, price is, of it. like like you know to be candid you know 1.3 million gets you a crack shack gets you a tear oh, yeah. right like you're not well, and I'm born and raised in Vancouver so I have watched it and everybody's like, oh the bubble's gonna burst bubble's gonna burst and no. I'm like I'm 55 years old and the bubble has never burst here they're not making more land but not, here. And not is... everybody's making 400 grand a year so no how are they, like who right. is, no I, I could mean... not afford my house I have today I bought it 14 years ago yeah. there I could I could barely afford it 14 years ago there's no way I couldn't even afford to rent my house now yeah. Well, in fact, Ryan, when I first moved to Vancouver, we bought um, like a 1,200 square foot condo in downtown Vancouver. We'd have friends from Edmonton come and they'd be like, oh, this is nice. You paid how much for this? I mean, the first condo, we paid 960000 which is bananas, right? I mean, this is crazy. We sold that place four and a half years later and made 300000 on it. I mean, the prices just keep going, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then can we just throw this one? This is another thing that is going to be a big issue going forward. Last year, we had a million people move into Canada. A lot of them were, you know, permanent residents and students and what have you. We're not building a million homes. We have a housing crisis pretty much almost right across the country. And I don't know how the government, I, I'm not against immigration at all. There's a ton of jobs the Canadians apparently don't want to do that are going sitting uh, empty right now. But 
If we're going to open up the floodgates and say, come on in, we're going to take, you know, 500,000 more people, you better damn well be finding somewhere for them to live yeah, because yeah. then they're renting and then there's no rent. I mean, it's just a cascading. It inflates it all. Yeah. 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 Jill we in need our to live build, chat. build, build, build. Yeah, yeah. 100% and, and creates jobs and yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah. Jill says the idea that anybody can bring house prices down in Vancouver is a ridiculous waste of time. That ship has sailed. I, I'm inclined to yeah, agree. Kimberly says everybody yeah. complaining about costs, but consumption hasn't gone down. She says I was no. at Costco last week and it was absolutely packed. Um, Sylvia yeah. says if quote unquote investors are allowed to own all the property, this is what happens. I got into this with Mayor Jody Gondek from Calgary just a couple of days ago and, and, and I said to you know, Calgary's affordable housing crunch it's apples and oranges to vancouver but still not any less still. relevant for people in alberta right and I, and I said to her like what do you do to address an affordable housing crunch without interfering with the free market because both of them are fair points people need access to housing affordable housing and also it's not necessarily the the role of a mayor or a premier or a prime minister to step in and, and try to start interfering with the free market the implications of that uh, with both, you know, investment within Canada and international it could be significant. Um, I've kept you way longer than I asked, and I just wanted to note, I've, I've lost the comment here. I apologize to the viewer, but somebody said, hey, we've been looking for Real Talk. This is Leslie. She says, I've been looking for Real Talk on threads yesterday. Leslie's oh, way more. I look for you <laughs> on threads. Uh, she, yeah, Leslie, you. you guys are way more hip and savvy than me because I barely even know what it is. Um, she says, <laughs> but, but I couldn't find you. Are there any plans to switch from Twitter? Uh, Leslie, thank you for the prompt. So this is, this is what both of you, this is kind of like, Mark Zuckerberg using Instagram to compete with Elon Musk on Twitter, right? Ish? No, this is Mark Zuckerberg hiring all the Twitter people that Elon <laughs> fired okay. and getting them to rebuild a Twitter point 2.0 for everybody like me who's sick to death of what Musk has done to Twitter. He's the, like a petulant child who's bumbling around and making that site almost unusable some days and now we're and now he's suing now elon yeah. musk and twitter are suing zuckerberg and i'm 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 ready for that cage match oh man I would, <laughs> we're, I we're seeing the fallout though you can see the numbers now after a few months the engagement is down i On mean twitter some people say it's yeah. as much as 30 percent the, the people who really know what they're talking about say more six to seven but it, it's definitely down so uh -huh. yeah i yeah. woke up to my account locked on twitter this morning after going to sleep i barely touched my twitter yesterday i had a very busy day yesterday and i just wasn't on social media that much other than to say i was coming on this show Thank and you. then i woke up to having to figure out which dice had added up to 14 you know five times <laughs> this morning and, and your zoom link was in my twitter dms i'm like oh, oh my god i gotta do this before i am gonna miss jespo and <laughs> and it was fascinating to me it's like the more hoops that are laid out for me and the more times linda and you were the first to point this out last weekend when it was like i can't see my timeline what are what i'm limiting my tweets i haven't even been on here i'm not allowed to look at stuff anymore if you don't buy it you can't look as much and da 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 it's like you know what okay i'm gonna spend way less time here I don't need Twitter. And maybe this is the thing that will uh, break me of my Twitter habit. I love the fact that threads is there. And I just, I signed in. Linda sent me the link. Thank you, my friend, sending uh -huh. me the link to look on. And then it was like, hey, we'll import all of your follows from your Instagram. I'm like, well, I follow all my favorite people on Instagram and they follow me back. So <laughs> yes. And I secured my name and then boom, it just populated. And I'm like, look at all these nice people here. And, and there's very little attack mode so far there's still um, so a little bit i had there was very, a very, very there's a very prolific troll from the twitter he goes by the fake name alan fong and oh, he yes. changes it up a million times totally he crept, know alan crept over to threads 
and I'd here I am. And I was like, Block. but that's Block. the only block I've had to do in the last uh, almost 48 hours. Oh, there you oh, go, oh, Alan. I got the shout out. You're always looking forward to <laughs> There you yeah. go. Yeah. I, I gave up on apologizing for blocking people a long time oh, ago. Yeah. Now it's just like, I, don't <laughs> I work it out hard. Flex that block Bye. button. Uh, Jody yeah. Vance needs to get on the radio. And Linda, I, I believe you've booked yourself because you woke up early into a yoga class, didn't you? So I can't make it um, for yoga. Well, actually, I'm going to go see my dad this morning. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, how are you, you going to spend your time together? Uh, how? Yeah. Well, sadly, uh, my dad is in long-term care, uh, so we will spend the time. I'm bringing him chocolate ice cream, which is his favorite all-time thing, and I'll wheel him around, and hopefully we'll get out to the patio and enjoy some of the beautiful sunshine. Amazing. Uh, I always smile so big my face hurts after the two of you join us. Congratulations on wrapping season one of Steel and Vance on Check. People can check out checknews.ca. Uh, I love how the website's set up. You can go and watch some of the highlights as well as their full episodes and of course, you can follow both uh, Jody Vance and the Linda Steele on Twitter. Already looking forward to your next appearance here on Real Talk. Thanks for doing this and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for having us. We're back on September September 7th, first Thursday after Labor Day. We're back. Got it. September 7th, Steele and Vance returns to check. Again, you can check out checknews.ca. Trudy Callahan from Edify joining me in, in just a second, waving the, I don't know if it's the SOS flag. It sure as hell isn't the white flag. I'll tell you that much. Um, are you, have you, have you looked into the threads thing? Do you have an appetite for, for another social media platform? To no. Start from the- and actually the reason I had those numbers is because I noticed that I'm using Twitter less. Yeah. So the other day I went and just looked up the numbers because now Elon's been sitting in there for a while. So we do have some research and it yeah. shows that, yeah, the people who know that what they're talking about say it's around down six to 7%. And it's mostly from engagement from people who are followed by millions of people okay. who are tweeting less and commenting less. So those, those people literally produce the algorithm and when they're not engaging and when they're not tweeting other people are not engaging tweeting liking as well so okay yeah. so I, I appreciate uh friends like we we'll get on it today though, the should we okay yeah. so so the, the, we'll the number one today. start for people would be to follow us on instagram right of course At real talk rj so i'm showing you our account right now our official account real talk rj that's the same handle on twitter <laughs> the don same junior. handle on instagram there's don <laughs> jr with his uh the cocaine he allegedly left in the white house no it probably wasn't don jr's blow but we had some fun <laughs> with that you did a great job on that reel by the way we're having fun on that. we are having fun with it we're we're a little irreverent and we're having some fun with it of course you can also watch our youtube shorts johnny puts those out every single day and a huge thank you to everybody that subscribes to real talk rg on youtube and of course wherever you get your podcasts trudy callahan publisher of edify coming up in just a second you know it it is of course into that time of year where the temperature's on the rise and, and absolutely fabulous i mean obviously a welcome development for the most part but but does heat affect our dog's appetite? The answer is yes. You know, when the temperature rises, it can be normal for some pups to actually refuse their food or or eat a little bit less than normal. Uh, Summer heat might mean that they're moving less and and they're adjusting their energy requirements accordingly. So our friends at Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food have some great tips for you on their website. You can check out granddog.ca. Some summer feeding tips, maybe adjust meal times to to cooler parts of the day or, or serve your pups meal in a shady spot in the backyard. Uh, Also, just add uh, cooling foods to their bowl, like blueberries or raspberries. Watermelon is great for dogs. Yogurt, kale, kelp. Even consider adjusting meals to maybe once a day. There's so many great tips under the blog link at granddog.ca. And don't forget... 
If you use the promo code REALTALK, they'll knock 10% off your first-time order delivered right to your door in Calgary, Edmonton, and Central Alberta. That's Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food. Also wanted to mention, if we're talking about the humans in our life trying to find a way to stay cool through these hot summer days, the S'mores Blizzard is ready to rock at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Summer was made for s'mores, and the DQ S'mores Blizzard lets you get your sweet, chocolatey, gooey, marshmallowy fix without the fuss of pitching a tent or building a campfire. Transport yourself through memories of camping and sleepovers with every bite of the S'mores Blizzard treat. You can pick those up at the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. At Friesen Brothers, they're ready for you this weekend. 16 different locations across the province of Alberta. You know they've got live herbs and lettuce now available at Friesen Brothers in Edmonton, Stony Plain, and Fort Saskatchewan. Having living produce in your home elevates your cooking. It reduces waste, adds freshness, flavor, and convenience. Friesen Brothers is going to be posting updates on the available range of produce, live produce that is, on their Facebook and Instagram accounts. You can find them at Friesen Bros. And of course, you can find them online all the time at Friesen.com. That's F-R-E-S-O-N.com. Live produce? Isn't that it's great? It's still alive? <laughs> Do you ever get the live lettuce? You pull it right out of the dirt. I love Friesen. the live lettuce in the fridge. I'm always like afraid to use it because it's just so beautiful. Like the butter lettuce? Is like that what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. It's still got the roots intact, stays fresh for yeah. longer. I'm always like rolling it into my wraps. It's such a shame to tear it down, but tastes so, so good. And if you're enjoying your backyard this weekend, perfect. If you're enjoying the weather, but maybe not so much your backyard, it might be time to get in touch with Eden Landscaping. They've been bringing outdoor spaces to life for more than 20 years. A custom landscape builder with expertise in a whole bunch of areas. Maybe you're looking for your own live lettuce with an edible garden box. <laughs> Maybe you need some excavation done. Johnny, we're running natural gas out to our garage. Gonna yeah. have a heater on a thermostat. Game changer! Maybe you need patio stones or maybe a retaining wall. Whatever it is, Mike and his team are the experts and they'd love to talk to you about making your dreams a reality. You can find Eden Landscaping online today at landscapeedmonton.ca. Well, it's no secret on this show that uh, we consider the team at Edify Magazine to, to be just absolutely wonderful friends. You've seen us celebrate their annual best restaurants list. You've seen us celebrate those included on their annual top 40 under 40 list. Of course, we've talked to their edifiers, to their innovators. This is a magazine that, of course, keeps people in Edmonton and the metro Edmonton region in the know. It keeps us curious. It keeps us informed there's a bit of a different angle to their newest issue, which you can, of course, check online. And we'll be showing you their website through the course of this conversation. But I wanted to welcome the publisher of Edify into our studio. It's Trudy Callahan, uh, a wonderful friend of mine. Uh, you've been an inspiration in the business of independent production. And uh, it's nice to have you here making your on-air debut on Real Talk. Oh my goodness, good morning. This is not my comfort zone. I know it's not. You're, I was saying off the top of the show, you're the one behind the scenes. You're yes, the one, I am. You're the one hiring and providing the inspiration and empowering your editors and your art directors and your photographers and your contributors. And you're the one that's been keeping this afloat. You've been in the publishing business for, for, for how long? Well over 20 years. Uh, 2006. Okay. Well, I mean, I, pu I published my first magazine in grade three on a Gestetner. So, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. been a while. But yeah, we started uh, under the Avenue 
rebrand Avenue Edmonton in 2006 and then rebranded to Edify in, in the middle of the pandemic. What a time to do that. But that's what we did. Yeah. Well, you executed the rebrand masterfully. And, and I know that a lot of people have looked uh, to this magazine for a lot of different reasons. Uh, every month-ish when you publish, I think now seven issues a year, uh, you, you put about 30,000 issues on newsstands. And, and I always love sending you photos when I'm out and about at grocery stores and liquor stores and mortgage brokers' offices of, of empty racks. I know you don't love to see them completely empty. You'd love no, to get I more don't. out there. Yep. But people are picking them up. There's, there's no doubt that this magazine is popular in Edmonton, but but you've hit a point that's that's well, you're you're wearing your heart on your sleeve right now with this publisher's note. Yeah, I sure am. I sure am. So yeah, I just want to I want to go back to the the notion of the thirty. It's actually thirty five thousand yeah. that are picked up on five hundred different stands throughout throughout Edmonton uh, for free. And, you know, sometimes media buyers say, well, no one reads print anymore. Well, I want to say that that's not true because 35,000 magazines just disappear. So people choose to walk over to a stand um, and, and pick one up and take it home with them. I'm pretty sure they're not doing that to simply throw it away. They're reading it. We know they're reading it because they tell us they read it. So, so that's an interesting thing, you know, in a time where maybe digital media, the thought is digital media is taking over, that traditional media is still a thing. But the costs, the costs of printing a magazine are significant. And advertising has, has always historically fueled content, fueled journalism. That's how it works. That's not happening as much anymore. And so now what we're seeing in, in our world, in the magazine world, is that readers need to fuel that as well. So it, it, I'm, this is, you called it an SOS. It's certainly not a white flag. But, you know, over the years, we've seen businesses that do go down, that are spiraling down, and they don't tell the truth about what's going on. And I said, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to I am going to wear my heart on my sleeve. I am going to say, "Hey, I don't want to have you see this magazine disappear and then have you say, "Oh, if I'd known, I would have done something about it." I'm saying, "Do something about it. If you love Edify, buy a subscription." That's what you need to do. And if you're a media buyer, realize that neuroscience tells us that the dwell time in a magazine, the time spent reading a magazine is significant. Mm -hmm. So it's a, you know, it's brand association. It's a premium brand. People trust Edify. Yeah. Just like they trust you. Yeah. Well, and, and that's something that's earned over time. And uh, I want to read, I, I thought about maybe just asking you to read your publisher's note, but but what we'll do is we'll read excerpts of it. How's okay, that? That'd be weird. Because I would okay. rather have people check out edifyedmonton.com and, and pick up one off the newsstands, a physical yeah. copy. I mean, just hold it. You do such a good job. The Thank layout, you. the photography, the animation in here, the illustration, I should yeah. say, uh, really remarkable. You say a few years ago, journalism was fueled sufficiently by advertising. Those days are over. Yeah. I mean, you put that in black and white you say but real journalism costs real money media outlets collapsing all around us because the digital only model just doesn't work i mean look at post media and the toronto star thinking of getting in bed together that's weird yeah, exactly. but that's a, you know that's a, a sort of a survival tactic that they're looking at big media companies you continue are centralizing their operations in toronto deciding to cover the rest of the country from there and then you go on to talk about what publishers need to do for a chance of survival was this a tough one for you to write for you to put out there 
You know, not really. I mean, I probably wrote it in less than an hour, and of course, I always run everything past our editor and chief Stephen Sandor. He he's just a brilliant guy, and and he he made a couple of changes, of course, because that's how he works. And no, I really felt. I'm a really transparent and direct person. Like, I just say how things are. In fact, when we have new staff start, often they're a bit like, whoa, like she just kind of says it how it is. And, you know, not in an unkind way, but I don't hide. Although I, I would prefer to hide behind the pages of the magazine today because I'm not super comfortable. On I a think microphone. you're killing it. I think you're hitting it out of the park. Um, people, you know, some people will be critical, right? Um, yeah. so you'll have the critics and the haters of you and me and, and, and of the craft in general saying, oh, boo fucking who? Like, why should people <laughs> even care about this? Why does it actually matter? Like, why does it matter if Trudy Callahan's magazine goes under? Well, here's why it matters, because we cover local. We tell the local stories. And if the local stories aren't being told, who's going to tell them? Certainly, we don't want to rely on the influencer economy. The, that stuff's not fact-checked. That's not research. That's just hoo-ha. Journalism is part of democracy. Like, we could go that far and have that big, big conversation about that. We probably don't have time to dig into that today. But, oh, We've my goodness. We've got time to talk about whatever we want, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is your show. It's you our show. You, you can do whatever yeah, we want. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 well, there's research. I don't have it here with me. But there's some, there's some research that would indicate because of the lack of local media, what's, what's happening is that elections are not being covered in the same way. And that, that is not a good thing because what ends up happening is it, it's only name recognition or the incumbent that ends up being elected because there's just not new information out there about who's running in that particular election. There's all kinds of reasons why local media matters. Certainly the arts and culture. We need, we need more coverage of arts and culture. And I want to do more in the arts world, but you know, I'm a huge fan of arts in Edmonton. It's, it, it's such a wonderful, rich part uh, of, of, of our culture here in Edmonton, but I can't write about it if I don't have advertising dollars to do that. Yeah. You could, you could assert that you're the biggest booster of arts and culture in Edmonton, I would say, and your track record speaks for itself. I mean, I, I just, you just even look at uh, the, the application process for top 40 under 40, like yeah. people really give a rip. Uh, you know, for, for someone to achieve that honor, to be named a top 40 under 40, you see it. And we're talking about some of the real movers and shakers in their 20s and 30s. Uh, that alone speaks for itself to the value of the credibility of the brand. You write, Edify is a trusted brand. We write and publish fact-checked stories with the journalistic principles of authenticity and accuracy because, like you said here, it's essential for democracy. You say city magazines are like connective tissue. They capture the zeitgeist of the community and bring the city together. Why did you italicize fact-checked? <laughs> because, wow, I mean, in an influencer economy, that, that's not fact-checked. So fact-checking is a journalistic process. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because sometimes people are annoyed um, with some of our editors when they call back to fact check. They don't understand. They think, well, I've already done this. But yeah, we're fact checking. Did you actually say that? Is this how you spell your name? Is this your position? Is, is this what you said? Um, they don't get to read it. Of course, there's some misunderstanding around what, what fact checking is. No, no, this is editorial. You don't get to read it. But we do make sure that the facts are correct in the story. And that's something that is disappearing as, as um, particularly in, in big media because they don't have the staff anymore. It takes a long time to fact check. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Bill C-18 and the Online News Act and, and kind of the, the federal government's 
you know, what do you want to call it? Like a, a stare down with Meta, with Facebook, basically. And, and uh, we're going to be talking to Linda Solomon, the publisher of Canada's National Observer. Coming up next week, we're off. We'll be talking to her the week after. Is, is C-18 impacting you directly? Is this, I mean, obviously it's a story that I'm sure you're keeping an eye on, but is it relevant to what you're doing at Edify? Yes and no. I mean, it's certainly the big, big publishers that for whom this matters the most. And we're not news. We don't really do the news. We do the behind the scenes. So I have a new digital magazine, um, Urban Affairs, urbanaffairs.ca, Urban AF, as I we like that, to call by it. The way. The branding's amazing. Uh, yeah. So you know that that um, the thing is about C eighteen is is it's about intellectual property and who owns it. Um, so we're talking about this in the AI world as well. So what's been happening is that publishers have not really been paid for the story. So the publishers are paying the journalists, and then that's that's basically being ripped off from the publishers and ending up on these big social media platforms. And then they're monetizing it. They're monetizing it. Yeah, so it's an they're aggregating it, but they're not producing it. So the producers, the publishers need to be paid. And that's what that's really about. Mm. It, you know, it's a symbiotic. It's kind of symbiotic. I mean, certainly if you're starting a new magazine, how would you ever tell people that you exist if it weren't for social media? So I, I, like to, I liken it to the paparazzi and, uh, and celebrities. So they kind of need one another. You're not really a celebrity unless the paparazzi is following you. And yet you can get to a point where the paparazzi is kind of hurting you. Mm. or is hurting you, as we've seen with the royal family and, you know, all of that. I was just thinking of them, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, you know, it's not, there's no simple answer to a complex problem. But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, as my mother used to say. Let's not jump all over everything that's brand new and forget that small, traditional publishers like me, I mean, we have significant digital presence as well, but... Print matters. Print is important. Print, you remember print. It sits on your coffee table. You lay in your bathtub and read, read the magazine or you lay on the lounge chair at the cabin or cottage or whatever you call it or wherever you go. That's what this is about. Yeah. Um, for people, most people hear this on the podcast, but, but I want to even just for folks that are watching on YouTube, like, look at this illustration here. Like, this is absolutely remarkable. This is how would you describe this? Is, is this sort of like a, a comic style yeah, illustration graphic. of, of an yeah. editorial by Minister Faust, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, it's just so well mm -hmm. done. The creativity is incredible. I would imagine, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Can we talk dollars and cents? Like, what do you, what do you pay an illustrator to do something like this? This is like just, just, just the custom illustrations, the photography in this yeah. magazine. Like, can you tell us what it, I mean, I'm getting a little bit rude well, here asking you to open your books, but thousands and thousands, per right? Per issue, because contributors need to be paid. I, I, nothing makes me more angry than someone that looks to an artist and says, well, you do your thing and I'll put your name on For it. For exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. That, I, I, you know, the red hair really matters then. Yeah. No, writers and illustrators, photographers, they need to be paid for their work. And I pay them for their work. And that's how this magazine comes together. With with wonderful art direction, Kim Larson is a multi award winner. She wins Alberta Magazine Awards every single yeah, year. Yeah, she does. You guys win every single year. Yeah, People yeah. are super annoyed with that. I think they just <laughs> they just show up like Connor McDavid and just take all the hardware. Yeah. Um, another personal question: When's the last time you paid yourself? It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say how long. Yep. You know, th- you do this because you love it. You don't do this because you're going to get rich. You know, my late husband, who was my business partner, used to say, if you want to have a million dollars from publishing, you need to start with two million. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, this is, I mean, this is a this is a call out, a call to action for, for people who see the value of publications like Edify. But, but I also feel like you're speaking on behalf of publishers everywhere. I really am an independent medium speaking on your behalf too. You're yeah. you're look how small. Look how few people you have on staff and look what you do. Mm-hmm. Look at the presence that you have in Edmonton and across the province now. Yeah. So you know it's changed. Disruption is a good thing. I mean that's why you hit the cover. Was it May of what year was that? 20 uh, May of 21. 21? Yeah. yeah, in the bathtub? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that getting that kind of shot <laughs> That that t- Johnny, have you, you seen that cover? That? Have you ever seen that cover, Johnny? It's hanging in the office. I see it every yeah. morning. Yeah. It's about, it's yeah, about it's in the three office. feet by yeah, four feet. It's not very subtle. Me I smoking know. cigars in the bathtub. Yeah. But, but that doesn't just someone doesn't walk into your house with a cell phone and do that. That that takes time and money, and those people need to be paid. As do our writers. Journalism, real journalism, costs real money. And I said that in my publisher's note. I want people to be paid. We got the cover here because I can't help myself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, you gave me something to work with uh, here, and this has been used to introduce me at speaking events for like the last two years. Fired from Talk Radio reads the cover. Ryan Jesperson is now the prince of podcasting. And so that's what my friends call me every single time. They want to grind my gears a little bit. It's but jarring it, seeing that every it, morning it, while I'm having coffee. It is <laughs> jarring. Johnny, Johnny still doesn't know if I was in the buck or not underneath those bubbles. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, you know, this is uh, obviously a... a, a a dire situation and and um, this is you letting your audience know and I appreciate you doing it yeah. um, that if uh, the audience uh, maybe didn't have this on their radar the the bottom line the dollars and cents reality of publishing a magazine like this of keeping creators uh, employed and, uh, and and helping folks feed their families and this is something that would evaporate and what a loss it would be for Alberta's capital city and for, and for Alberta's publishing landscape for that matter so I commend you for it. Well, thank you for that, Ryan. Yeah, people are going to want to know. I mean, like, like, let's spell it out, though, the call to action here. Like, let's let's not sort of go, people will say, well, I heard Trudy on Edify, and it was wonderful. And then they say, well, what are you doing about it? And they go, oh, I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to do about it. You want people to go to edifyedmonton.com, right, and subscribe to the magazine. Subscribe, yeah. If you can subscribe, it's $39, 40 bucks plus a transaction fee. For a year. For a year, oh, yeah. Delivered yeah. to your house. No big deal. That's the thing. So you don't have to race around the stands and see if you can find one. It'll come directly to your home via Canada Post. We've got another thing called Ed's List, which is membership. Get you some deals on the tickets to things like Top 40. By the way, we're judging Top 40 right now, and you should see the class. It's our 15th anniversary coming up, November 28th. It's going to be cool. You're coming, Ryan. You're yeah, coming. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, can't alumni. wait. Alumni. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a big deal, and um, I'm proud to call you a friend, and I've always admired you. You've, I'll let people know to pull, to pull the curtain a little bit back. You've been uh, a mentor to me, and you've, oh, you've thank you. well, you have been, and you've counseled me through a lot of things, through some some uh, high on the hog moments, and uh, through some tough times as well. And I've always appreciated your candor. I love how you call it, how you see it, and that's why this publisher's note um, really resonated with me because I know that you this isn't something you'd put out there if this wasn't a situation that seriously called for it. Well, thank um, you, yeah. thank thank you for the time. Yeah. to tell the story. I do think that Edify is part of Edmonton. Edify, it's, it was named purposefully. Yeah. When you ify something, you make it so. So you edify something, you make it Edmonton. I love it. 
Yeah, thank you. Trudy Callahan, the publisher of Edify. Again, you can find them online at Edify Edmonton. We're showing you their website uh, right now, edifyedmonton.com. I encourage you to subscribe. Show them some love. Participate in, in what they're doing. And, and, and by the way, it's all benefit, right? The best restaurants list. I mean, I always go through. I make a point of going through and making sure that I visit those spots through the year because you put new restaurants on my radar every single time, and I'm always really grateful for that. You understand what community is all about, uh, and that makes you a big winner in our books, Trudy. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ryan. You got it, friends. Let us know what you think about the newest uh, issue of Edify. And, of course, you can do that uh, by hitting us up on Twitter. Hit them up, too. Let them know what you think. And, of course, you can send us an email anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. I'm going to get to an email in just a second from another independent publisher, um, Bob Covey from the Jasper Local. Just wrote us an amazing email a couple of days ago, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. Speaking of, of advertisers and how shows don't happen without them, one of those that you know well, if you're a regular real talker, is Coop renewable energy and we wanted to take a second to let you know that the team at kubi is hiring right now they're looking to bolster their team with electricians apprentices basically installers who are looking to work across bc and alberta Uh, trudy take that coffee mug with you by the way when you leave that real talk coffee mug we want you drinking out of that every single morning the team at kubi wants you to know that when you work for them it means that you're working for a company that's going to invest in your education and your career offering training and assistance safety and equipment courses, trade schools, engineering seminars, even making contributions to your post-secondary degree. How cool is that? All while having the ability to work or relocate relocate across different cities in Alberta and BC. Kickstart your career today with a visit to kubienergy.ca. Complete Care Restoration is Alberta's expert when it comes to repairing and helping people bounce back from fire damage, flood damage, mold and asbestos removal, just your regular construction and renovation projects, if there's such a thing. Always unique challenges that can arise, which is why you want to be working with a team you can trust. In our orbit, that's Complete Care Restoration. We're so grateful they built our studio for us uh, on an amazing and disciplined timeline. They came in under budget. How great is that? This is the time of year where they're helping Albertans get back on their feet. These wildfires have sure taken their toll. Floods now, gosh, that tornado outside Didsbury. If you find yourself in a gut punch situation, make the best move you can considering the circumstance and visit Complete Care Restoration. .ca. Another hiring announcement. <laughs> this is good news from Apex Automation. If you're a skilled engineer, a professional engineer in Canada, and you're looking to, I don't know, join a team that values people over profits, a team that understands that, well, good work doesn't happen unless the team is satisfied, inspired, you're going to want to check out their website. Apex Automation is working in Industry 4.0 on the cutting edge of machine learning, AI, robotics, autonomous vehicles. If you're looking to go somewhere that your career is going to have a real chance to thrive, make sure you check out the careers link today at apexautomation.ca. This has been an inspiring couple of minutes on Real Talk because I'm also going to remind you that if your summer right now is set aside in your mind for personal improvement, maybe to kickstart your career, best move you can make on the education front is to take two minutes and check out AthabascaU.ca. Athabasca University is Canada's open university. I mean, there's a lot of best parts about studying at Athabasca U. One of them, your only commute is to your device. 
right? Taking classes in your bunny slippers, Johnny. That sounds pretty good to me, pal. PJs on a Monday morning as you're working towards your post-secondary degree. Plus, if you need to hit pause on your studies or fast forward for that matter, you control the pace. You're never falling behind. It's one of the real benefits why literally tens of thousands of students every year look to Athabasca University, Canada's open university, to take their studies to the next level. Are you a slippers guy? <laughs> no, I was just thinking of my wife, though. She would she would be all about the bunny slippers. That was a great uh, little combo with Trudy. She's Trudy's awesome. just yeah. salt of the earth. And uh, you know? Jillian mentioned this. I guess Jillian maybe is new to the city because she says Edify kind of got her, you know, let her know what was going on in the city. And I agree. When I moved to Edmonton, uh, it was a couple years after. I believe it was Avenue then. But it really gave me... Like if it felt like I could get a gist of what was going on in the yep. city because I'd lived in Toronto, I'd lived in Vancouver. I still didn't know after a year or two of living here what the what the pulse of the city was. And mm-hmm. Avenue really did that. And now Edify does that as well. And thirty nine bucks delivered right That's to you. Nothing. Do you remember what magazine subscriptions used to be like? And now like like that just seems incredible for for that kind of media and to come plus, right to your doorstep I, I, can i can i also say that even though i'm 46 years old i still love getting stuff in the mail that's not bills yeah or junk we love magazines here we love i magazines. still love magazines at home like yeah. not not that i go out and buy a ton and never read them in waste but i love like having skateboard and snowboard magazines around and totally. edify and and whatever alberta like, views alberta views yeah yeah another magazine that we're that we're really proud to support alberta views if you go to albertaviews.ca uh, by the way i'll let you know the promo code avrj knocks 50 percent off an annual subscription that's another to great alberta deal views. that's another it's 20 bucks for the year <laughs> uh, to stay informed it's the magazine for engaged citizens um and, and you know we're proud to support our fellow independent publishers and our independent content creators that includes the team at the jasper local have you ever checked them out this is a really neat independent uh it's a digital publication you can check them out at jasperlocal.com i know that many of you real talkers obviously are big fans of jasper national park for obvious reasons some of you are probably going to be listening to this podcast on your drive out and uh so make sure you check out jasperlocal.com while you're there bob covey is the publisher and uh he says uh, he sends us an email he said i wanted to reach out after hearing your july 5th episode of real talk so a couple of days ago, uh, our exclusive with Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek. He says, I thought uh, your interview with the mayor was fantastic. She's all class. And I LOL'd listening to your My Jasper Memories promo as you claimed, Ryan, that if you're lucky enough to see a moose, you should go buy a lottery ticket. Uh, he says, your story about the grizzly sighting when you were hiking the Moose River route uh, with her cubs uh, was very evocative. Um, hey, I wanted to show some photos here. I, I dug deep into my Facebook photo album. This is from back in 2011, Johnny. Just some of the photos that we snapped. Uh, this is the last photo here. I, I, look at these wildflowers in Moose Pass. This was like literally. That's you? I'm the one taking pictures of my buddy's asses oh, okay. in their hiking shorts. But but these this was like 10 seconds before we saw this, uh, which is that sow grizzly. Mm. and her two cubs and then I described for you as she was walking up the shale rock mm-hmm. and, and the sun gleam like look at this I know on the podcast let me just describe can you imagine watching this force of nature and her two cubs uh, t- you know sort of 
traversing the landscape. What an absolutely you incredible experience. You get goosebumps. Uh, Bob says, um, I could envision the sun glimmering off their blonde backs. I could practically smell the alpine meadows in Moose Pass. He says, and Johnny's story about approaching the bison was uh, spiritual. He says, let's just say I'm glad Johnny's okay. Um, <laughs> Bob says, I'm sure that many residents of Jasper and all of the real talkers who consider themselves stewards of the Mountain National Parks were grateful that your My Jasper interlude, that's every Wednesday presented by Tourism Jasper, included wise words about how to respect the space that wildlife needs. As guests in these animals' domains, it's easy to get excited when we come across a special scene in the Rockies, uh, and it's easy to to forget our heads and unintentionally crowd the bears or sheep or elk or moose. Uh, he says, as you mentioned, that's when we end up on the Darwin Awards YouTube highlights. Uh, he says the bear banter on Wednesday's show was great fun, but then you made a specific point to remind the public that firearms are not allowed in Canada's national parks. Bob says in Jespo, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to plug a story that the Jasper local was breaking as you were doing the ad read says Bob. He says, if not packing heat in national parks seemed like an obvious concept to many of your listeners, I'm afraid the rule is not understood by all who visit Jasper. As you were waxing poetic about the powerful memories that can be made in the presence of wildlife at that very moment, says Covey, a St. Albert Court of Queens bench, a Court of Kings bench now, I guess, an Edmonton man was facing the ramifications of his own entanglement with nature. Last summer, you may remember, Bob says, everybody will that has the Jasper local app. Uh, a hiker on the storied Overlander Trail in Jasper was charged for shooting a black bear, Johnny. Uh, and you can check out jasperlocal.com for their coverage on this. Shooting a black bear with a 20-gauge shotgun that he was hiking with. Uh, Bob says, fast forward uh, to your show on Wednesday. You're reminding listeners that this type of activity is very much illegal. Uh, judge Sakamani uh, was delivering the same message to the defendant. I'm not sure why I said the judge's last name like that. It's just a really fun name. Sakamani. Mm. That's a great surname, isn't it? Uh, uh, delivering the same message to the defendant, a $7,500 fine, by the way, for his flagrant transgressions. Uh, Bob says, our audience at the Jasper Local has deemed that fine, by the way, to be far too low. Bob says, your show on Wednesday hit all the notes for me. From hearing Calgary's mayor spit fire as she demonstrated confidence and professional diplomacy uh, to the corporate Calgary versus edgy Edmonton chirps. We had a little fun <laughs> determining the difference between Calgary and Edmonton. To hearing Johnny panic when you asked him if he's ever dropped something at work that he should be embarrassed about. <laughs> Bob, Bob says, ask me sometime about leaving a joint in a police station. Just my pants, Bob. Just Atta my boy. pants. <laughs> Bob says, well done, team. He says, on the day that you were discussing wildlife do's and don'ts, I wanted to take a minute or two to remind you about what we at the Jasper Local were working on this week and let you know that as we endeavor to sustain independent community journalism in the Rocky Mountains of Alberta, we get plenty of inspiration from real talk. That from Bob Covey at the Jasper Local. That Thanks, Bobby. To us. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. He signs off, by the way. Tight lines, pal. I like that. A like, little reference for the mountain riders out there. Don't like that black bear story at all. No. Ugh. Hiking with a 20-gauge yeah. shotgun on the Overlander Trail. Like, you're just a, looking for trouble. 
Yeah. You're just like, I mean, what do you? I like, mean, who knows the circumstance? It's not a hunting rifle. It's something that you who know? knows the circumstance. Like maybe this guy was, you know, I don't know. The point It'd be is different if he was attacked. Well, and, and maybe he like I don't know the story. All I know is that he was convicted in court of King's Bench in order mm-hmm. to pay a fine. So, so he's he's guilty uh, through the way of judicial process. I understand that in some circumstances, people. I mean, you talk to people that are that are out like in the wild, in the backcountry, in the woods all the time, and they will have sidearms or shotguns with them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're on horseback or what have you, it's not an option in the national parks it's illegal and bear spray and bear bangers are going to do you just fine like yeah. if you have bear spray yeah. uh the, the 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 uh the statistics uh on, on the efficacy of bear spray i mean they're like 99 point something effective mm-hmm. uh no reason to be hiking with shotguns but i digress appreciate that note from the Bob. point is not in a national park not like, in a like, national park yes. Now, every Friday, courtesy of our friends at Local Environmental Services, we give you, Real Talkers, a chance to blow off a little steam, to to take what needs to be said in your mind and, and blast it out to thousands of people. Again, presented by Local Environmental Services. It's our weekly tradition we call Trash Talk! All right, this from Garth. And by the way, uh earmuffs kids Uh, garth says i was mindlessly scrolling through that cesspool of social media when i stumbled upon an infuriating post about paper bags now costing a whopping 15 cents at fast food joints and everywhere else in alberta's capital city now normally i wouldn't give a damn about the bag situation but whenever i see those paper and plastic remnants strewn across the ground it boils my blood sure paper's supposedly biodegradable but that doesn't make it any less infuriating so i get why the city did that but now just thinking about the impending shit show will endure this winter sets off fireworks in my head uh this is garth's opinion he says the idiotic mayor had the audacity to slash funds for snow clearing and increase the time it takes to clear snowfall to double digit days if this isn't the epitome of utter fuckery then i don't know what is oh but let's make sure the precious bike lanes budget remains intact here we go garth says who cares about something as critical as ensuring our safety on the freaking roads no that can be treated like it doesn't matter but mark my words the majority of edmontonians will give a flying fuck until they find themselves careening out of control on uncleared streets now jespo one of the reasons i tune into real talk every single episode attaboy garth is because for the most part you don't align with my political views and i don't believe in only getting my commentary from an echo chamber attaboy he says and that's just fine i guess because your show isn't always about politics i wonder why all those liberal and ndp crybabies were throwing tantrums when you had premier daniel smith on your show they probably think they own it or something anyway the next time you bring Edmonton's mayor on, ask him what the fuck he thinks about snow removal. Should I phrase it like that, Johnny? Do you think? Yo, so he, what the? <laughs> anyway, and why the hell he doesn't consider it important for people to access and egress from their freaking properties? That from Garth. Thanks, pal, for tuning in every single day. This one from Christy, who says, I'm from Edson, Alberta, and she says, we hit the news regularly. You know, COVID parties, remember that story? The the get COVID party that, Edmund, yeah. that Edson threw, and then a whole bunch of people did get COVID and actually had a tragic outcome. A father and his teenage son both died in hospital. Play and stupid he, games. Play stupid games. Uh, Christy says, murders, fires, evacuations, and now floods. I mean, Edson's had a rough go. Most people only know of Edson as the place to stop and get fuel and a bite to eat on their way to Jasper. Our reputation is mostly based on rural conservative politics and a few kilometers of dusty highway as you drive through. Uh, she says, I think even maybe you referenced Edson Ryan one time as you described frequent travels to Jasper and talked about how you see some towns that have just let themselves go or given up. I wouldn't talk about Edson like that. My pal Dougie G would 
would wring my neck. Um, she says, well, I want to set the record straight. Just because we vote conservative doesn't mean we're like this monolithic group of people that urbanites love to label us as. Many Edsonites love healthcare workers and supported them during the pandemic. We have a vibrant arts and culture community. We're an inclusive community, and every day we become more and more diverse, which we openly welcome. We're passionate about our children's education. We have an amazing sports and recreation community. I would invite anyone to check out our extensive walking trails or a world-class bike park just minutes from town. Edson's had a lot of gut punches over the years, says Christy. We're a hardy bunch, and we find ways to keep going. The past two months, exceptionally hard, as it seemed we are finally recovered from COVID, and then fire, and then flood, set many family businesses back again. Christy says, I challenge all my urban friends and real talkers, the next time you're on your way to Jasper or BC, and you stop in Edson for fuel and food, drive one block north off the highway. Take any street, and you'll see more than that dusty highway you'll see a vibrant community you will see the true edson i love that was that maybe not a real trash talk but it was just i liked it i liked it and this one from janice who says i want to address a comment from danielle smith on wednesday in her daily rhetoric on energy and the federal government's attempts to so-called sabotage alberta what a piece of work her most offensive comment was that the federal emissions net zero targets were undoable and quote numbers pulled out of a hat this rhetoric's dangerous, uh, says Janice, as we globally, nationally, regionally enter uh, an extremely volatile period where markets and geopolitical forces are going to reach unprecedented collapses and gains. The last thing we need is an elected official pushing Russian propaganda. I feel compelled to mention what I interpret to be warning signs in the energy futures, particularly oil. Janice says, I speak with 20 years experience selling, trading, and interpreting oil markets and pricing. Uh, the warning signs are blatant, she says. OPEC, in particular the Saudis, have cut oil production substantially for two months. Tuesday it was announced that Russia would too. We should all be taking notice, says Janice. Immediately, the markets gain a dollar with the announcement, only to retract those gains today with a sell-off of energy stocks. If this trend continues, we're going to see cataclysmic shifts. The Saudis, the Russians will flood the markets, and I mean flood. They're not going to take production cuts and allow U.S. and Canada to maintain quotas. This is the demise of Canada looming, says Janice, with the Saudis and Russians flooding the market, Asian and Indian markets gobbling up OPEC and Russian oil. The prices will collapse, and so will our profits. This will happen soon, says Janice. So we've got to do all we can to diversify Alberta's economy and most importantly, stabilize the political climate. The Conservatives should not be allowed to continue this damaging rhetoric that the Liberals and Trudeau are to blame for the collapse of energy. That from Janice. You can send us your trash talk anytime, 24-7 to talk at ryanjesperson.com. Proudly presented by Local Environmental Services. A couple of quick notes. Number one, we're accepting applications for the Real Talk Julie Rohr Scholarship. The application deadline is August 1st. This is $5,000 a year for post-secondary students who've lost a parent to cancer. Check out the Connect link at ryanjesperson.com. And number two, Johnny and I are going to take a few days away from the show. We're going to chill with our families. We're going to recharge our batteries. That means that Real Talk's off next week. A great chance for you to catch up on past episodes. And we'll be back live the Monday to follow. You can get all the details by subscribing to our weekly email email it's free just scroll down to the bottom of the page at ryanjesperson.com nice work this week pal thanks, thanks for joining us real talkers be well keep it tight lines this weekend and we'll see you again soon
Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account coordinator, Lawrence Derlego. Human resources, Lena Shepard. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.